on today's episode of Big Drive Energy, we're going to talk about Nick Dunlap turning pro, discuss the fact that he clearly listens to this podcast, Big Drive Energy, uh, and took our advice from our pod on Monday after we congratulated him for winning on the PGA Tour. We're also going to talk about Lexi Thompson selecting a new ball, which I'm sure this happens a lot more than it's talked about on the LPGA Tour and PGA Tour and just professional golf in general. Uh, but this was a surprising move because if you play golf and you know what company she moved to, it's a little bit of a, of a shock to you knowing what you know, what we know about those golf balls, but maybe we can change our mind regarding that company. And obviously Lexi has taken a big jump. We're also going to talk about Kevin Kisner and his outstanding golf shot, um, that he hit or, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll play the shot and you'll be able to see it. And then we're also going to do fairway or four. All right. Don't forget do a, uh, don't forget another live guy jump. And we'll be also talking about that. Well, it's not confirmed, but we will discuss. Yes. The potential of this, the potential okay, of this just, jump. Potential. Okay. All right. Let's tee it up. Hello friends. Welcome to this tradition. Unlike any. <laughs> Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> it's Thursday. It's a good looking hat you got on there, buddy. Avs on a tear. I got this old school green Nuggets hat. Our, uh, our boys are our boys are cooking right now. Yeah, I think we have a, a possibility. I know it's it's going to be tough, but I think it's a, a very real possibility that Nathan McKinnon and Nikola Jokic somehow both win MVP this year. Uh, they're both having MVP-like seasons. I had to wear the Avs hat um, just to show my appreciation for uh, Nate Dogg's five-point night last night. Shit was dope. Um, the fourth, the third goal was unreal. Uh, and did you see that clip from, um, our, what chaos pod, our other all city pod? Oh yeah. The one where Pete was like calling out, um, or was it from what chaos or Pete Blackburn? It, well, it was, I think it was, it was a TikTok from what chaos about the kid in the, or the dude in the front row that McK right before McKinnon even had the puck on his stick, he was getting his hat off, getting ready to throw it. Oh, like, that's amazing. I did yeah, see Pete Blackburn's quote tweet of that. Yeah. He knew it was coming right off the bat. Um, real quick. I, I don't know what your take is on this, but have you ever chucked your hat on the ice? If you've been there for a hat trick. Low key, uh, I hate to admit this, but I won't do it. I, the two hats I wear to Avs games are always the same two hats. The one is obviously very sacred to me because 
they won a championship while where I wore that hat to every single game. And then I bought a new one uh, the year after that to kind of reset the reset the hat game, you know, so I'm not wearing the exact same hat every time. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Maybe I shouldn't have retired the championship hat. I'm very superstitious, but I would not throw my hat. No, I've been to two hat tricks, I believe. And I was too scared to throw my hat. So it's unfortunate for me. Don't sound like much of a hockey fan. Also, this is going to kind of show my under my hockey fandom skirt. But I uh, did not know what a natural hat trick is until last night. Do you know what that is? Have you heard of that? Um, a natural hat trick. I, I heard them saying it, and I was curious because I think it's always funny looping it back to golf when people are like, oh, great natural birdie. I'm like, it's either a birdie or it's not. Like, Na- natural birdies are for people that really use their handicap as a crutch to play golf. That's yeah, just, they're like, you, oh my you god, have to what say, a natural birdie. Yeah, there's there's people that call them birdies. There's a group of golfers that call birdies birdies, and then there's a group of golfers that call pe- birdies natural birdies. There, there's two separate wings of of golf when you have to call it a natural birdie. But that is a good point. Yeah, when I hear somebody say, like, that was a great net eagle, I'm like, so was it a birdie? Was it a par? Like, can you tell me what the actual score was? And then you can tell me what the net score was. But, uh, yeah, that that is one of the things that, like, grinds my gears about golfers. They're, like, natural birdie. And so, like, when Mark Rycroft kept saying natural hat trick, it, it started to kind of grind my gears because it was, like, I was in that golf mode where I'm, like, quit saying natural hat trick. Like, it wasn't any sort of handicapped hat trick. But, no, will you tell me what that is? Yeah, so... Uh, there was a few tweets about it that were saying like, it's, I think the abs have only had three natural hat tricks or like, like Sackick had two of them in the Stanley cup in like 98. Um, but I, I, my mind immediately went to that. It's a hat trick without one of the goals being an empty netter. So, I mean, right. That's kind of like some deductive reasoning there of like, you had all three, but then I was like, there's no fucking way. They've only had three of those. So a natural hat trick is when you get all three goals back to back to back without your team scoring in between or the other team scoring in between. Oh, shit. Okay. No shit. Yeah. So it doesn't happen a lot, obviously. It's it's considered one of the... It's like a cycle in baseball, basically, is what it's, it's kind of the level that it's considered on, where it doesn't happen... It maybe happens once or twice a season, but not very often. Yeah, see, it, I, my, the first place my mind went when I heard them say natural hat trick was that all three goals were even strength, but I knew that they weren't. So I was like, that automatically took that out. Um, but that's weird. Like you have to th- score three consecutive goals for it to be a natural hat trick without anybody else scoring on either team. It, exactly. Yep. So that is wild. Like, like you said, I can see why that's more rare than a cycle in baseball. Then it's got to be. I, I would think so. Considering the abs, I mean, they're not, they're a storied franchise, but they've only been around the avalanche itself since 96. So it's not like, you know, 27, 28 ish years, 27 or 28 seasons, whatever. Um, not that long, but yeah, I think Forsberg had one. Sackick has had two. And then now McKinnon has one. So definitely uh, the guy's just tearing up the ice right now. He's he's on a different planet, as the coach from Toronto said. One of the all-time great hockey quotes 
he said, when you get that McKinnon line out there with McCarr and Taves, that line is not of this of this league. That's another <laughs> league. And that's a guy from the Leafs who, you know, the Leafs are like the, the Yankees of hockey. They're, everybody thinks they should be really good. They spend a ton of money. I mean, they got a shitload invested in three guys. And uh, the, the coach is realizing that even those guys and the amount of money they play – with McKinnon's line, nobody stands a chance. And the, um, <laughs> excuse me, the Capitals definitely didn't last night. Goalie comes in with like the highest save percentage in the NHL, and we just undressed him. Yeah, I was shocked when I realized that stat. And real quick stat, because we've gone back and forth with some of our friends. Um, I know this is a golf podcast. We're talking a little hockey for a minute. Yeah, um, everybody listening didn't know we knew our fucking puck, huh? Yeah, we're puck, we're uh, we're puckheads, we're puck bunnies. Um, not really puck bunnies, but if I if I saw, I mean, we have seen a few of them, you know, out in the wild, and I definitely fangirl a little bit. Um, but Georgiev is uh, the league leader in wins, and that's like you know when you go on the score app and you see like the leaders in each category. Um, and Georgiev, Nate, Nate dog is now at the top in points. He's got Kucherov by two, uh, which is insane. One or two. I think McKinnon now has 82 points on the year through 48 games, which is absurd. Um, Oh, balloons. Yahoo. Um, so McKinnon is killing it there, but then you go down to wins and Georgiev has the most wins in the NHL. And then you go to save percentage. He's not even in the top 25 in possible save percentage in the NHL. Like, there's something wrong there. Could you imagine if we had a top 10 goalie in the league right now, what our record would be? We would, uh, I mean, we're already one of the favorites to win the Stanley Cup again this year, but we would be running away, you know, and obviously you have to play the playoffs, but we would be by far the favorite to win the Stanley cup. If we had any decent goaltending. Yeah. It's, it's one of the, it's like a quarterback stat almost where it's like, does the guy win games for you? Yes, technically. Um, but he's throwing for 112 yards a game and maybe one touchdown and yeah, your, and your he, running game is off the charts and your defense is getting a pick six, basically 2015 Peyton Manning. Well, I was going to say is Georgiev Trent Dilfer. Uh, of the <laughs> NHL, uh, if he wins a cup and then a, and then sequencing a couple cups behind that, he's the Terry Bradshaw. Of I was the just going to say Terry, Terry Bradshaw, um, but yeah, the uh, the Avs are super fun to watch. The Nuggets are actually playing at MSG tonight, which I do not have tickets for. Unfortunately, I thought I was going to be out of town this week. I was no longer out of town, uh, but the Nuggets should roll. Knock on wood, the Nuggets should roll the Knicks at MSG tonight. Um, and it's just a, a good time to be a Denver sports fan. We, You know how many years we ate shit? Like, think of that that span between, like, 07 uh, after, was that when Melo left? Was it 07, 08? No, I think it was later than that. Or no, he, that was like It was like 2011-ish, 2011, 2011 okay. 2012. So think of all the shit we ate between, like, 2011 and i guess the broncos winning in 15 but between the nuggets and the Avs, up until you know just recently there was a good long decade of just taking it in the shorts every winter with the nuggets and the Avs. um so god 
close the Broncos window and open the Nuggets and Avs window. So, you know, we'll take what we can get. Um, but should we get to a little golf? Cause I really do want to, uh, I want to have a little bit of a dance on some graves in our TikTok comments section. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's do that. First, I do want to get to, because we clipped it from last pod, uh, you gave me an over-under of 81 and a half. Uh, first oh, yeah. of all, if you live in Colorado, check out the Hangar Club in Lowry. I'm now a league member there, proud league member. Um, but I got league I got league tonight. Pretty hyped. Pretty fucking hyped to go play. A um, little 3v3 match. Uh, me, Ryan, and John. But we... So we had to go play our handicap round, as I discussed on Monday. Uh, you gave me 81 and a half. It turns out I only played nine holes, um, but we played the front nine at TPC Colorado, which was cool because, like, I was I was being that guy a little bit with RK. I was like, oh, I hit it here when I played this actual course, and I know what this does, you know? So there was definitely a little bit of that douche golf guy coming out. I was going to say a little douche baggery coming out. Yeah, it it came out a little bit, but we, the funny thing was, is we brought my kid. Uh, we brought him because, uh, Kylie wasn't home yet. So we brought him to the simulator with us and dude, you should have seen the looks we were getting as we were passing back and forth a baby between two dudes feeding him from the 60 year old dudes in the, in the bay next to us. Absolutely. Like, Hey, what the fuck's going on here? Like, dude, I can't- it's, it's 2024. If you guys are, a, a couple with a baby just feeding him and playing simulator golf. Those dudes need to get with the fucking times. There's no judgment there. The, the guys born in like the 1950s or 60s aren't, aren't there and they're never going to be there. Um, but it was pretty funny because we'd set him down when we were putting, putting and chipping because it wasn't as scary as like, not we're not setting him right in front of the fucking teeing area, but like to the side. Off to the side where, you know, a ball wouldn't ricochet and hit him. Um, but, yeah, he was getting a little fussy, so we had to pull him out of the stroller, feed him, move him around. Um, but we got through our round, and I shot 37. Pretty proud of it, to be honest, because simulator golf can be tough. But I will tell you, um, eight-foot gimmies, it, I want it forever. I might just start doing that on the golf course. I might just start picking it up inside eight feet. Because when you're chipping, you're basically chipping to a circle eight foot circle yeah exactly and even when you're putting because honestly putting on there uh, it's not i mean it's it's not as realistic as some of the golf court like simulator golf i've played like x golf when i played a couple rounds in that league last year their putting was a little more legit um in terms of like aim and and being able to you know like they actually had a laser that read your putter full-on read your putter instead of putting to hit the the barrier and basically what they do is the barrier is 10 feet so if you have a 10 footer that's flat you want to roll the ball to where it just hits the the wall essentially right where it tickles tickles the screen a little bit yeah tickles the screen a little bit is exactly what it needed to do but the first hole i hit the green regulation you know that par five at tpc um but i had like a 25 footer for birdie and i hit it like 12 15 feet pass so once i got a hang of the putting i only made one more bogey and made a birdie because i like absolutely dialed in a wedge and hit it to like four feet so they just are like gimme and i'm like fuck yeah but i told i had a few people ask uh, a few people tweeted me or hit me up on instagram after the pod monday and were like hey what did you shoot 
And I said 37, but I'm realistic about my golf game. If I was actually playing and hitting it like that, it would have been probably 40, 41. So you were right, but I do get to win because I shot 37 on the front nine, double that, 74. I crushed your 81 and a half. No, well, first of all, you didn't tell me you had eight inside eight foot gimmies, which you may have not know. Known. I didn't know okay. a fucking thing until I stepped into this simulator. Okay. Second of all, it's a tale as old as time. You over explaining your golf shots. That I don't give a one shit about. I've got um, eight more holes if you want. No, I, you already, you already hit number one and two and three whacked it. I don't need to hear any more after that. Um, but you just love, I mean, it's natural. I, I've always said that golf shots, like we've worked in the pro shop long enough uh to hear literally every story about any possible golf shot but golf shots are kind of like kids um when they're yours you really care but if you're telling somebody else about them nobody else gives a shit like kind of like your own farts you know i I would put those three in the same category you like your own farts you couldn't care less for anybody else's farts so that's kind of like hearing about somebody else's round of golf uh, but no, I will give you credit where credit is due. Uh, 37 is definitely lower. Knowing what I know now about the inside eight foot gimmies. Yeah, you're, I mean, your ball striking on a round, round around basis is probably somewhere around even par. Your putting within eight feet is somewhere around 80 to 85. So that's, that's fucking generous, actually. Th- yeah, I mean, that might be nice. It might be closer to 90. So that's easily see what I'm saying. Like it changes the dynamic, but your ball, if it was just based off like ball striking, um, as long as you don't set Sawyer up like too far right in the projector, because I know how you like to hit those drivers like 90 degrees to the right sometimes. Uh, but other than that, I, I would think you'd score pretty well. Well, yeah. The one thing that was frustrating me was the, fact that like when i hit a driver like i know i hit driver right so i was aiming myself left side of the fairway left rough i know what i am i do that anyways on the golf course but it like the last 100 yards of a drive or 50 yards of my drive as it's coming out of the air it's going like foul ball right field like it's just falling out of the air and just diving right so I've got to dial that in a little bit tonight before I, you know, I don't, I am going to be the lowest handicap in our group. Um, cause I'm basically playing at a one essentially for the nine holes of the match. So I get one shot compared to, you know, the other best player in this team could be a fucking plus five. He could be a four, uh, whatever. I'm, I'm nervous. Let's be honest here. I, I am hoping my, my other two trusty steeds can come through tonight, especially just could tell I get a feel, for this scenario but um yeah you're like the, the, you're like pascal siakam you just got to a new squad you're probably the best on the team but you need a little adjustment time you need the guys to carry you until you get your, get your feet under you um but what i was going to tell you real quick is you understand and a lot of people don't get this so this might be good advice for everyone when you use a uh, a simulator of any sort if you're not directly like lined up down the baseline like zeroing out the straight line where the the track man is if you're not aligning your body and your feet and everything 
to that exact line and then swinging because if this is the straight line for the track man and you're aligning out here it's going to create that much more of an outside in path and so that's why your ball's probably slicing even further is because your your path in a static in a in a vacuum maybe five degrees left but if you're aiming five degrees left the track man's going to pick that up as 10 degrees left does that make sense yeah no absolutely and i think the other tough part is now that i've got nine under my belt and i actually went back the next day uh, and hit some more balls and got um a little bit more practice in greasing the wheels you know I kind of caught the bug again, like I will admit, like I know it's simulator, but like after I went the first time, I was like, I kind of want to just like keep doing this, you know, it's, I'm getting that feeling back because I've taken so long off of golf. But the, the other tough part is, is it, it targets you where the flag is, right? And it always aims at the flag, no matter what the, it auto aims you at the flag, even if you're 500 yards out and it's a dog leg left, like it aims you, it, it does kind of, I think if you like give it your yardage for driver it'll like set you where like say 280 is my driver it'll put you in the best spot to hit a 280 um but what i figured out is when you're hitting an approach shot especially it if you move to the left or right the screen it it doesn't it still shows you where the flag is but you have to aim left of the flag still does that make sense like it it doesn't move your target line on the screen you, so you have to make sure, like you said, I have to make sure that I'm like very, my line, like alignment is proper to where I'm actually trying to hit the ball. And then if the ball moves in the area, that's on me, obviously, but I'm planning for that most of the time. Um, but if you get too caught up in looking up at the flag, if I've already aimed 30 yards left on a tee shot, the flag is the flag. So I yeah. need to be hitting it even in the screen, you know, a good three or four feet left of the flag in the screen. So I got to dial that in a little bit. They don't have like a target line on the screen where like if you move, it doesn't move your target where you like still can visualize it. So I think I just have to hit it over the ball, the, you know, the balls at the bottom of the screen. So I think I have to visualize that as the target. So, you know, getting used to it, but simulator golf, that's kind of what we've got and it's blown up in the world in general. And I'm excited to be, you know, playing in a, a weekly league where I'm going to be a little fresher come April, May this year, I think than normal. Yeah, I I don't blame you. And that kind of made me think like if I were to want to join a league out here, do you think that would be fucked up? Like or do you think that I wouldn't have a problem as long as I'm transparent about my handicap? Um and it's not like I'm a plus 8 either, you know. I'm maybe like maybe a plus 2 at this point, maybe a scratch. Like it's hard to say. I just don't play enough golf, but I do want to join leagues. It's just so shitty that like being a quote unquote pro, you're not allowed to play in amateur stuff when I'm not necessarily like a playing professional. I'm not a plus six, a plus eight, whatever. Um, I just want to go out and meet some people and have a good time. So yeah, well, the thing is, I, I'm not going to all out tell them I'm a PGA professional, um, but I feel better, like I feel better about my handicap round being 37 and being playing at a one or a zero, you know? Like, oh, for sure. I, I feel better about that, number one. But number two, for you, I would say like you're pretty safe and they're going to make you play a handicap round too. You know, like this, the the course we played or the the uh, club we're at, you know, the club, I'm a member of club now. Uh, I'm going to take this with, in full stride here. Um they oh no even if you have a gin that doesn't work 
Like they're, they don't take it. So, huh. cause the simulator golf is different, you know, like if you're really That's good cool. inside eight feet, you're probably better in real golf than you are in a simulator. Me opposite, opposite end of the spectrum there where I'm like, Hey, fuck it. If I chip it inside of eight feet. I'm good. You know, that's all I'm, my goal is I'm not trying to chip it close. I mean, yeah. relatively eight feet is relatively close, but if you miss a green, just like, Hey, just feather it up there to eight feet and you're golden. So that part of it for me makes it a little bit easier, but I, I wouldn't feel bad about it. I, I don't feel bad about it and you shouldn't either. Um, I'd go join one, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's a good time. I'm excited to see like the place full and a bunch of people, you know, kind of competing. And I really, I don't know how you feel about this. I think we're in the same boat here. I'm, I'm pretty competitive at sports that I'm actually de- decently good at. Like my pickleball league, I'm competitive. We win a lot, but at the same time it's pickleball. So I'm kind of like, eh, you know, like I can't really, but the second somebody on the other teams starts to be a douchebag, I'm all the way in. Like if they make one comment here or there, like, so I'm hoping that we're like, as I hope it's fun, but I hope we play some douchebags because I'm ready to get the fucking juices flowing and be like, all right, time to bury these guys. As I walk up to this, this fucking sim, (laughs) you hope somebody talks that shit to you. So it gives you the, uh, gives you the motivation that you need. No, I'm the same way. One sport flat out that I just cannot like get competitive with. And maybe down the road that'll change, but I doubt it is bowling. Like I suck at bowling and there's no part of me where somebody's completely owning me at a bowling game and I couldn't give less of a fuck. Like I legitimately, there's no way I could care any less about losing at bowling Yeah, because it's just like the most ridiculous nonsensical game. But the funny thing is a lot of people think that's what golf is. So but yeah, like when you, when you have a vested interest, like we've dedicated thousands of hours of our lives, um, to the game of golf. So you kind of feel like, you know, I, I don't necessarily put pressure on myself. I think you do, um, for some weird reason, just cause you're a weirdo, but, uh, you kind of know the time that you've put in and you're like, okay, I, I should be better at this than these people. Like, you know, there's that element of it. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm not just the guy that's sneaking out once a week and trying to play as much as he can. I'm I I've practiced a ton, played a ton, and should be practiced a ton. That's that's a bit of an extreme, but that'd be like practiced a ton is just the relative term for over the lifespan of since I was 12 until now, uh, a good 18 years. That amount of time for a player is not a lot of time, but for a non-player is a lot of it's a lot of hours spent let's put it that way yeah i bet if you took like the amount of time a pga tour player practices you've probably put in like a full pga tour season throughout those last like 16 years yeah i I think we'd be there i think we'd be there all right let's get into uh let's start off with nick dunlap um before i let you get on your soapbox i do want to tell everyone about bet three six five um, this tournament this week, we gave you our picks. Normally we give our picks out on Wednesday. I was supposed to be traveling. So we're, that's why we're here on Thursday. Um, but we gave out our picks on Monday at the end of the pod. Let's check how they're doing. Um, this will be funny because it's not good. Um, I do know that the course was insane because they're pay- playing Tory Pines, So it's North course, South course. The course was absolutely nuts yesterday in terms of the, differential between the north and the south did you see that 
Yes, and Nikolai Hoygaard played the the round of the day on the south course, shot five under, and it was still uh, behind by three shots because all the other guys were on the north course. But let's see where Nikolai Hoygaard. He oh, he's tied tied three. for third, eight under, and everybody else we have sucks. Minwoo Lee is minus one. Uh, Keegan Bradley's even par. Jason Day one over. Sahith Thagala and Will Zalatoris also both one over. Great picks by me. Um, but we all do always do our golf betting with Bet365. They make it super easy with the each way bets. Every week we pick our three players. We take the each way one through ten spots starting this week. Uh, after Mitchell hit us with two top tens last week but only took the one through fives. We got to stick to the graphic. We got to stick to the units. But he did have some good picks. Um, but we always do our betting with Bet365. Make sure you download the Bet365 app. It's great for betting golf. It's great for betting all sports. But when you're listening to a golf podcast, I'm assuming, and you're if you're a gambler, which you really play, can't play golf and not be a gambler at the same time. Sorry, that's just how I feel. But use the code all caps all city at sign up. You can choose between two offers of a first bet safety net of a thousand dollars or betting five dollars and getting one fifty when you sign up with code. All city must be 21 plus. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text 1 800 Gambler. Also, Breckenridge Distillery, our favorite distillery. Uh, I will be back on the wagon tomorrow, Friday. Um, off the wagon. Off. No, for us, it's the opposite. Uh, <laughs> drinking is the wagon. Off, Fair enough. Yeah. I will be back on the wagon. Wait, did you just fuck me up? Either way, I'm drinking tomorrow. I am drinking alcohol again tomorrow. Liver be damned. Doctor be damned. I've been drinking fucking sparkling water, LaCroix, fucking bubbly, all this shit. Last night, I drank during the Avs game where I normally sit and have a fucking beer, nice lemoncello dandy, you know, all these options we have to us. I'm drinking fucking sparkling water with oranges in it. I hate myself for this. And you might as well drink some kombucha. I don't like kombucha, um, but I'm getting back kombucha. on kombucha. <laughs> Fucking new pronunciation. This might uh, be the most expletive ridden ad Breckenridge has ever gotten read for them. Yeah, maybe we'll just start it again. Breckenridge Distillery, the best distillery in the entire country. You can get it in all 50 states if you check out their website, BreckenridgeDistillery.com, um, or check out your local liquor store. Probably is there as well. Pretty popular distillery all around the world. Uh, I think I'm going to bust into my Powder Hound bottle tomorrow night that you guys got when we were we were here. I'm starting to feel ready for the sauce again, so I'm going to the Avs game tomorrow night. So definitely going to sauce it at that. Um, and Breckenridge Distillery is my number one choice, our number one choice always uh, for whiskey. All right, Nick Dunlap, I'll I'll open the floor to you. I'm going to sit back. I'm gonna not even gonna be on my mic. I'm gonna sit back. I'm gonna open it up to you um, because you had some comments on Monday, and if we can pull up that TikTok, um, the only thing I do fault you for. Look at that face, beauty. If you're not watching on the YouTube, hit us up YouTube.com. Big Drive Energy Golf. Watch all our pods there. Give us a thumbs up, like, subscribe. Okay, thanks. Bye. Um, but you had some pretty harsh words for Nick Dunlap. What you said was mostly true. I will say. You calling him an asshole is maybe slightly out of line, um, but that's just how we talk. You know, that's just how adults in the world talk. So I think that part kind of hosed you in terms of people being 
um, you know, wanting to argue with you. But the point, your point still stands, and now your point's been driven home. So that's it. I'm done talking. I'll let you have the floor. Okay, so I do want to clarify by saying I was calling him a hypothetical asshole. Like, if he were to go back to school and not take advantage of his PGA Tour status that he now has, I would think he was an asshole. But I'm not calling him an asshole because uh, he hadn't done anything yet. But everybody was saying, go back to school. It sounded like he was going to go back to school because he also had a sponsor's exemption this week into Torrey Pines and immediately withdrew uh, on Monday after the tournament, after he had won in PJ West at the American Express. So I really thought that that was kind of the decision he was making. It was to go back to school and play at Georgia, blah, 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 Georgia, Alabama, same thing, whatever, SEC golf. Um, but I wasn't calling him an asshole. I was saying that how much of an asshole you would have to be to have the privilege of having a PGA Tour card and somehow thinking it'd be a good idea to just go back to school and go drinking out in Tuscaloosa with your buddies on a Friday night when you have a PGA Tour card sitting there waiting for you. Um, just blew my mind. So everybody um and everybody kind of missed the mark on the comments which is pretty clear uh so could we get into it could we somehow blow these up or i'll actually pull them up because i've been i've been bird dogging our tiktok this <laughs> I've been fucking I had just your nose all up in that hypothetical asshole yeah i've been waiting for this shit um so uh there's a few people that brought some logic uh one dude this guy tim this is a horrible take such a joke uh i don't have a problem if you disagree with me but tell me why it's a joke like why t tell me why it's a horrible take um so i said why is that tell us and he goes because he he chooses something you wouldn't doesn't make him an asshole he's probably one of the best amateurs in the world probably on a full ride no shit sherlock um it doesn't really matter. His choice is his choice. Uh, for the for it, this makes a horrible take. And I was like, it, uh, he also said he's one of the top amateurs in the world. He's going to get his millions. Um, that's where I really had an issue with everybody in our TikTok comments saying that the PGA Tour will be there whenever he wants it to be. That's just yep. flat out not true. I'll hop in here real quick, and, and you, you're you going to drive this point home, but I think the general public that likes golf, that, have, that play a fair amount, watch the PGA Tour, or watch how good of a weekend he has, just think that he... He's going to be the next Tiger Woods. He's going to win fucking 80-plus tour events. Like It doesn't work like that. We've seen some of the greatest players in the entire world at 12, 13 years old not even make the PGA Tour. And go on. So I'll let, But th no, I just want to say, like, it's if you pay attention to the depths of golf and professional golf like we do, I'm not saying we're big J's here, but in general, these you have to take advantage when you're playing good golf and that's players that are already on the tour you know um shit lucas glover is a great example of that from last year you know you're playing good golf you win two events in a row now he can continue his career but he was almost not a pga tour player all right back to you oh they took down my comment where i told that kid to eat shit uh oh, that's, that's unfortunate fucking yeah TikTok. What the 
why are you censoring me on that? Um, that's not even that bad. Uh, anywho, um, yeah, that that is my biggest issue is everybody's like, oh, the PGA Tour will be there for him. Just like you said, Spencer, and two names come to mind for me right off the bat. Um, Norman Jong was recently in the last five years, he was an NCAA champion, pretty well known as the the best college player in America, like shoe in to go to the PGA Tour, yada, 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 this and that. Fast forward a few years, he had lost all of his status everywhere, um, had to grind. Now he does have his status back. I think he's back on the PGA Tour, but it took him four or five years and he was far and away the best college player in America. Um, so there's for every Nick Dunlap that's out there or for Nick Dunlap, you know, with how much talent he has, there's a hundred guys like him out there. There's these college kids are out there shooting 59s. They're, they're winning all these events. They're winning us amateurs They're You know, he's not like you said, everybody wants to just crown him. He had a great week last week. Don't get me wrong. He won on the PJ tour, which hasn't been done in over 30 years. But there's probably about a hundred kids in America that have the potential to do that same thing. So, um, sorry, interrupt. I want to interrupt you real quick. Um, Sorry, what was what was that kid's name that tore it up in the U.S. Open as an amateur last year? The Masters. The kid that looks like Caden, our boy Caden Kilduff. Oh, oh, um, yes, the the kid from Texas A and M. Yes, um, he's actually now out on tour because he won the U.S. Amateur the year before. Sam Bennett. Sam Bennett. Um, and he, I think he's still out on tour, but yes, he's definitely not uh, at the top of the leaderboard like everybody. You know, when he won the USAM and then you know played well at the Masters, played well at other places. Because another one, do you remember the name Braden Thornberry? Yes, real quick. Sam Bennett yeah. just finished T nine at the Corn Ferry Tour event uh, this past week that Potgeiter won, which we'll get <laughs> yeah. into. But, you know, yeah. that, there there's an example for you right there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, Braden Thornberry played at Ole Miss. He was far and away the best amateur in America. Um, finished top three at a PJ Tour event, I think, in Charlotte back in, like, 2018, 2019. They're like, oh, this is the next dude. When's the last time you heard his name on TV? When's the last time you heard him back, you know, near the top of the leaderboard? I think he's on the Corn Ferry Tour now. Um, but there's so many of these dudes. Like, if you really want to take a look at it, we discussed this on the last pod, but look at Jordan Spieth's trajectory. Jordan Spieth took the momentum he had from winning the John Deere Classic and parlayed that into the career he now has. He didn't win the John Deere, and he had actually turned pro the week before, so he was committed either way. But winning on the PGA Tour is basically like being handed a golden ticket. And that's what I was basically saying was, what kind of idiot do you have to be to look at that golden ticket, shred it up, and go back to college and party when you could be out on the PGA Tour? Especially people in the comments are mentioning no-cut events now with guaranteed money. Where if you're, you know, inside this world ranking, you're playing in these events, these no-cut events, and you're making whatever last place money is at the very least. You could shit down your leg and uh, shoot 85, 85, and you're still getting whatever last place is in those events. So I really did not see any upside to him going back 
to college. So if he hadn't won, didn't have the exemption, sure, go back to college. Don't have a problem with it. But the two-year PGA Tour exemption is an absolute life changer for anybody that it gets handed to. And now, especially with what direction the PGA Tour is going in, with trying to take care of their players more, giving them you know $500,000 in stipend up front to cover their expenses, which hypothetically, you know, you pay for your expenses, whatever you pocket the rest if you don't spend all of it. So at the very least, you're making 500 grand a year on top of sponsorships, other things like that. So it just did not make any logical sense to me why he would want to turn that down. And clearly his decision that he came to today to turn pro uh, pretty much showed that. Also, the dude in... um, our TikTok comments called us slashers. Have you? Do you know what a slasher is? Um, let's, let's Urban Dictionary that shit. If we want to go back to SpongeBob, we could be the the hash slinging slashers. <laughs> are, <laughs> Fuck yeah! Are we the hash ringing, the sash singing, the lash bringing lashers? I I don't know what a slasher is. Like, is this? Am I like sounding like a boomer right now, or did this dude just make up his own word? Um, because I've never heard this shit before in my life. Oh, whoa! Here we go. This this is on Urban Dictionary. This I don't know how legit this definition is compared to what he said, but sounds like it makes sense. A slasher is a millennial term that refers to a person of any age that adopts a frame of mind that revolves around personal success, personal fulfillment, or financial gains. Who doesn't? <laughs> What are you doing if you're not a slasher? What the fuck are we talking about? Yeah, so he's basically calling me a boomer. Um, I'm yeah, twenty. He's basically calling me somebody that enjoys fucking success and money. <laughs> fucking boo-hoo. I thought it was some English thing. I thought it was going to be some European term for sure. You absolute slasher, you. <laughs> exactly. Um, but this is, that, that, I mean, that's probably what he was, slashers come from all walks of life and are referred to as hustlers, workaholics. Although it's not a requirement for slashers to be workaholics, they are prone to work endlessly in pursuit of accomplishing their goals because of their thirst and hunger for success and personal fulfillment. So you're either a slasher or you're a fucking lazy bum, is what it sounds like to me. Yeah, so he was actually paying us a compliment. Um, We just got a comment about uh, from Daniels. uh, Any chance y'all have heard the stuff about Hovland and Liv? Um, that, that would be news to me if, if that was a thing, um, we've heard about Hatton possibly to live, which we were going to get to, uh, Adrian Moronk has committed to live, uh, but we'll get into that. You know, we're just kind of ranting at this point, but, uh, no, I have not heard any Hovland to live news, but you got to think just quick hot take right off the bat. If uh, Rom was worth 450, Hovland's got to be worth, and just say it was 450, Rom got, you know, from Liv. Uh, I would say Hovland's got to be worth somewhere in the 300 to 350 million dollar ballpark. Would you disagree with that? No, he'd be top, top three people to sign right now, but it looks like, um, yeah, Victor Hovland confirmed that he is not headed to live he is ending his partnership with joe mayo oh shit so that is the 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 short game guru that got him there yeah so 
he's Grant White. Grant White is his new coach, but yeah, that was the he, he had some cryptic messages and things like that. Honestly, like at this point, Daniels, I wouldn't be shocked if anybody goes now that Rom's gone. But Hovland would be one of the most shocking to me. And I don't know it, the European part of it. It makes it more likely, but the the guy that Victor is after winning, you know, uh, now I'm talking myself into it a little more. Maybe he already won the the you know the FedEx Cup points. He won two straight tournaments last year. He's got to win a major to get exempt into more majors, and then I could see him making the jump. But in reality, anybody that comes out and says they're not going, I think is closer to going to live than not going to live, because obviously they hear buzz around it. If they take the time to acknowledge it, then they know it's there. And I think there's a better shot. Maybe that's just a, a bargaining chip for them. You know, they come out and publicly say, I'm not going. And then that automatically just makes the uh, PIF slap another 50 mil on there to make it a little more enticing for these guys. But uh, back to Nick Dunlap for a second. So then I actually posted on TikTok this morning uh, about, oh God, Pot Geiger. Um, what is his first name? Why can't I remember Armand? <laughs> oh my God. I, I can't, uh, Aldrich. What a, what a draconian Elizabethan name, Aldrich. Um, you just knew he popped out of the womb was going to be successful at golf, but Aldrich pot geeter, Guider. Um, I said pot guider in my TikTok, and come to find out, I did a little snooping on his Instagram. Um, he said that nobody really knows how to pronounce his name correctly, and I think it's just so. Let's let's take a few runs at this, Spencer. Um, how how would you say his name? Because I heard pot guier, like it's French, like <laughs> like everybody sees a T E R and they just think that it could be an A. Like uh, hair bear, um, I <laughs> there's so many different ways to go about this. Yeah, no, I think it's Potguider. I'm sticking with that. Aldrich Potguider. Uh, yeah, Aldrich Potguider. Uh, but yeah, he, they were calling him Potgeeter, uh, Potgeeter. I so many people just find a way to butcher that name. Which, to be fair, until he's a household name, you know, in the world of golf. His name is going to get butchered, but he was the 19-year-old that won on the Corn Ferry Tour this last week, and he's been pro since last year, uh, so I figured it was kind of a good time to compare the two players because there is a cultural difference between uh, how the Europeans and South Africans and non-USA players um, consider turning pro versus the USA players. Uh I almost think that, and it's tough to say because you want to say that the USA players value their education, but they really don't. Um, if we're being super real about it, we know what college is. Yeah, I do. It's, I enjoy the fuck out of it. Yeah, it's a party. It, like, I mean, in the words of a uh, great Ohio State quarterback, um, God, why am I? fucking uh, is it court Cardale Jones. Jones I didn't come here to yeah. play school yeah I'm not here to play school these kids are not going to school to uh go to school to play golf they're they're playing golf slash going to school you know in the um in the uh in the U.S. like that's just not a thing uh but honestly 
turning pro at an early age is not a bad thing. Look at what all Tyrrell Hatton, Shane Lowry, um, all of these guys, they turned pro when they were 18, 19 years old, and they're having plenty of success professionally. So pot guider is just a like an a one example of <coughs> i just inhaled some dust holy shit sorry uh he's Puck he's is a up with you dusters <laughs> yeah that's dusty as shit in here for you got sudbury on your fucking shirt yeah i got the the letter i'm representing the letter kenny uh sudbury blueberry bulldogs um shout out shorzy but no it's uh it is just funny to me when everybody wants to tell kids to go back to school um and it's there's really no reason to if you have a place to go play professionally and you have the funds and your game is hot like obviously nick dunlap is hot go play there's literally no problem left the bible is a hot book Noah's is a hot name <laughs> it's actually it's biblical, biblical. <laughs> And the Bible's a hot book. Uh, we did get a couple more comments from Daniels. He said he recently got into golf and fell in love with Javi and was wondering why he hasn't played yet. Looked up on Twitter and uh, they were talking about him and Liv. I honestly don't think it's going to happen. Um, and then he did say, how long are you all going to be streaming? Would love to keep listening to y'all stuff while watching the Farmers. Appreciate you. Um, we're on for probably another 15, 20 minutes today. But every Monday, uh, we do a recap of the weekend winners at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, you know, U.S. United States Eastern Time, and then every Wednesday we are on at 2 p.m. Uh, this is a different week because I was traveling and or supposed to be traveling, but every Monday and Wednesday we're on. Um, check us out on TikTok, Instagram as well. All right, let's get into while we're talking about the jump to live and Javi. Let's just mention uh, Adrian Moronk. Uh, so you think it's confirmed? I'm trying to find that, but then he posted. Did you see the thing where he posted his Whoop band? Like, he cited being sick. That's why he missed the PGA Tour event, his first start. Kind of a, an exciting thing for him, kind of exciting thing for the golf world as one of the better DP World Tour players and European players in the entire planet right now was headed to the PGA Tour. But he posted a photo of his whoop band, and there's actually some controversy that his whoop band is uh, photoshopped. What, what do you have to say about that? Um, yeah, that was actually hilarious. Like you Photoshop a woo band, like you're giving yourself an alibi as to why you, uh, dropped out of your PJ tour event. Like there's just been dudes, maybe he's hung over. Maybe that live check just hit his account and he wanted to go pop bottles. Um, which why would you blame him? But no, I mean, I think it is confirmed, um, multiple sources. If you, do you know how to use Google Spencer? Have you Googled it? Yeah, but... Um, uh, um, I mean, I there's some people saying, is could Liv be his next stop? ESPN has reported that Moronk is set to join Liv. Uh, Sports Illustrated reported it. Yahoo Sports. Bunch of super credible uh, media outlets. Um, really, the the foothold of integrity in the, the journalism industry um, have been reporting on the fact that Moronk is going to live. So I'm going to take it for what it is. I, there's no reason why he wouldn't go he, uh, he, here real quick. There, so the reply to the, did he Photoshop his whoop band? Marissa, can we get that tweet up really quick? Somebody quote tweeted that uh whoop band tweet and said the illness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was, He's, I was fucking dying when I saw that. 
Once again, he, on the YouTube, make sure you check it out. Every podcast. He probably, he probably heard his stuff. neck going. He heard his neck going full Scrooge McDuck into the pile of money that the live tour just dropped off at his fucking house. He probably broke his neck diving headfirst into that pile of cash that he just got. Yeah. So that, that might be why he's hurt. Um, that is good stuff. That is good stuff. All right. Let's move into our girl, Lexi, your girl, Lexi Thompson. Um, she is making my a jump crush. to a different, what'd you say? I said my first crush, but it really wasn't. My first golf crush is really what it was. And the fact that she's my age means it could have been a realistic thing. Like I should have shoot, should have shot my shot when I had the chance back in, uh, 2013, I was about 80 pounds skinnier than I am now too. It would have worked out well for me. You should talk a little bit about this um, because I'm going to go through Instagram and find the picture of you and her so we can also put that up on the YouTube so everybody can get a feel for what Big Drive Mitch is like as a as a 18-year-old. Uh, 18 18-year-old, 18 yep. So yeah. you, you got the floor. Um, okay, so I'll give you – I'll give people the, the – cliff notes on it here uh she basically signed a deal with max fly golf balls after um her deal with bridgestone was up she decided not to renew try to go in different direction um but i think the big winner here is max fly because for the longest time they've been known as like uh, a shit brand a, like a top golf rock rock golf ball type of top um, rock Top Rock, there you go. Yeah, like uh, you know, like shit posters on the internet, like shit golf balls. That that's like they were kind of Max Fly was definitely thrown into that category. Um, so it was uh, it was a big get for them because, and I'll defer back to My Golf Spy if if anybody's listening and if they've never heard of My Golf Spy, I highly recommend it. Um, they are kind of bought and paid for at this point because they've been pushing out a whole bunch of tailor made jargon that I'm not a fan of. Um, <laughs> They're fucking Taylor may just buys everybody and, uh, they, yeah, they're, they're basically, I don't know why Taylor made hasn't signed with the live tour yet because they are all about just buying, buying people and, uh, making them play their shit. But anywho, uh, for the most part, my golf spy is probably one of the most reputable third party testers of any golf equipment that you could be looking at. And they've tested max fly the last few years and their tour quality golf ball, uh, outperforms a lot of other golf balls that you wouldn't expect. I mean, the only one ball that it did not beat out in ball speed off a driver and an iron was, uh, the Titleist pro V one left dash and LA golf off the irons. I've never even heard of an LA golf ball, but Apparently, LA golf with an iron, a high speed iron swing creates more ball speed than a uh, max fly, but that is it. So it really is kind of just bringing to light the fact that these max flies, uh, for $40 a dozen, by the way, which is significantly cheaper than what you're going to buy a box of Pro V1s for, which usually run you 55 bucks uh, a dozen now. So I think with her signing over there it's going to be uh, a big not a big transition for people to max fly but it's just getting more eyes on their product and making people realize that like you know they they've kind of done a heel turn from that shitty uh you know gart sports golf ball into now a golf ball that a tour player plays so i uh i might have to give max fly a try you know uh for it being it's kind of like a kirkland 
style, you know, cheaper ball, but still performs well. So I don't see why, uh, why, why I wouldn't give it a try. Um, I'm not super picky. I've been playing Bridgestones for a long time now, probably five or six years. How long is it going to take you to find that Instagram picture? Dude, this like, is, it's taking me a minute, but can I'm you not just scroll to 2013. Oh, got it. Finally. Okay. Um, but anyways, I do. So on Maxfly, just in general, this is the kind of move that a company like Maxfly needs to make to where they it's it's a credible it's a credibility move. Now, obviously, their product like golf is one of those sports where people are very brand loyal in general, which is fine. Um, but the, the products are all tested by robots, essentially, is for lack of a better term. So they are able to create some credibility in the market with like, Hey, Lexi Thompson's playing our ball. A lot of people know who Lexi Thompson is. You know, she hasn't won in a couple of years, but she definitely is like one of the most popular, especially in the United States golfers that there is. And so do you think we see a, a PGA tour player headed to a max fly golf ball with all these? Cause I feel like a lot of things in 2024 and moving on are a lot more parceled out for PGA tour players. You know, you don't see a guy that's like, Titleist foot joy has every Titleist iron. I feel like, you know, this can kind of segue us into the Minwoo Lee stuff and not Minwoo Lee, but also, um, Sun JM, Siwoo Kim, but like there guys are guys and gals are going to a bunch of different companies and not just rocking one or trying to be like, you know, one one company all the way yeah full staff of one thing um yeah i would consider like do you remember when the nuggets got paul Millsap and it was like a big free agent relative to like what denver could get maxfly is like the denver nuggets circa what 2015 where they had to get somebody's foot in the door to prove to everybody that they were legitimate to then bring in other players so I feel like Lexi, do you like that comparison? Yeah, that's actually really, really well done. Thank you. Hop. Yeah, um, it's it's get like you said, it's a credibility thing. Lexi has only won one time in the last five years, which is insane to me. Um, she has over like $13, 14000000 million in career earnings, so nothing to scoff at there. But yeah, she's kind of had a little bit of a fall off. We're seeing, like we talked about on Monday, it feels like, you know, no knock on the ladies, but their games actually peak a little bit earlier. Um, oh, Marissa said I'm on private, so we can't share it. God bless it. Um, I've got this. <laughs> are you going to screenshot it? Already done. Oh, okay, perfect. Um, yeah, I don't need random people looking at my Instagram that don't know me. Uh, but anywho... Uh, yeah, it's definitely a credibility thing for them. And like you said, there's more players going to a bunch of different brands. Like uh, now Bad Birdie has just signed two tour players to deals on the back of Minwoo Lee going to Lululemon, being the first player to rock Lululemon gear, and Jason Day going to Melbourne Golf, which is uh, you know a little bit more of a niche up-and-coming brand. Um, so there's a lot of players going in a different direction and i think it's cool too because guys are just more able to express themselves and everybody's more open to playing you know kind of what they want to play uh instead of titleist being like well you know if you're gonna play 
our golf ball and our irons. You need to play our woods, our wedges, our putter, our everything. Um, so it, it, I definitely think it allows these guys to express themselves a little bit more. And anything like Min Woo Lee said it best. Uh, we're he's like we're entertainers. That's what we're out there for. And Max Home actually said that, talking about um, you know other sports doing like the NBA doing the in-season tournament and the MLB adding the pitch clock. He's like, at the end of the day, this is all for entertainment. Like they're obviously out there to play well, make money, this and that, but it's for the entertainment of the people watching it. So I love the fact that these guys are signing with different, uh, more niche, smaller brands and are able to rock some really cool, like custom stuff and just more fun stuff. That's going to pop on the golf course. Yeah, it's there's definitely a switch in golf merchandise in general. We've seen that with companies like Bad Birdie, um, you know, uh, other companies that just go full prints. Uh, so I think on the PGA Tour, we're going to see a lot less black shirts and black pants or black pants and, you know, regular shirts. And even the companies that technically are, you know, your foot joy is one that comes to mind immediately that always used to be a you know one stripe or barely any stripes barely any patterns they've started throwing out pattern stuff you know puma who has a lot of tour players with cobra uh they have some great gear you know i have worn puma gear for a long time and and love their golf gear too but that you know i have like a flowery type of shirt from them everybody's going into that so i think i think if you took a picture of the pga tour in like 2010 and then we'll take take one in 2030 um most of the players are you know obviously it's 20 years but i think the style and you know seeing joggers seeing other things like that hoodies uh that would have never been a thing 10 15 years ago and in in five years it'll be it, it's almost going to be like weird if people are wearing looking like patrick can't lay out there essentially totally well and and what malbin is trying to do also funny enough is they've got jason day looking like a late nineties, early two thousands golfer with like these big pleated pants, uh, that are loose and kind of baggy. Um, and like the, the bigger kind of cotton shirt. Uh, so it's definitely like time is a flat circle type of thing. Uh, you just wait long enough. Everything else is going to come back into style. So I bet in the next 10 years, um, and even, uh, bogey boys, the Macklemore brand of golf clothes, which I enjoy too. Uh, they make some really cool shit. Um, they make like the bag year. Like I love, honestly, I might start rocking button up golf shirts. Like I just love a good button up. I'm built for a button up. I'm built like Andy Reed. Um, you just give me any button up Hawaiian style shirt, any tropical looking shirt, and I'm going to rock the shit out of that. So I'm all for going more in that direction of button ups. And they're just like timeless. Like I'm never going to, not wear a button up like golf shirt because it's out of style. Yeah, you are a big button up guy. Seeing you on the golf course with one of those might be a little bit of a different vibe and not like boating or out at the beach or whatnot. You know, I have to get the buttons a little more up, you know? Not I not feel like I'd look like hair for the ladies. <laughs> oh yeah, well well chest fro going. Uh I feel like I look like Jason Duffner like circa twenty fifteen. You know, with that belly hanging out just absolute legend having the time of my life um we did get another question here how many thing how much are things such as ball sponsorships or apparel sponsorships money wise you got any examples of numbers uh we ran through this a little bit on you know talking about tiger woods so the greatest golfer ever him and nike he made 
over $500 million uh, over the course of 25 years. I would say my best guess, because uh, most of these deals don't come out, um, but I'd say they're in the neighborhood of the bigger players of one to two million a year, um, just payment. And then, of course, all the free clothes, all the free balls, all the free stuff you want. Yeah, um, I would say even for the bigger players, I would go up to like maybe five million a year, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, some of the smaller players, like you said, maybe a million, couple million. And I think it just depends on the company. So. Yeah. All right. Well, let's finish this episode up with uh, our segment, our favorite segment of Fairway or Four. I, maybe it's not our favorite segment. I, Mulligan of the Week has become a little bit funnier to me, but Fairway or Four, if you guys are just tuning in, it is uh, we give two scenarios or something that we like essentially, and we're on one side of the fence. We try to decide if all of you are on the same side of the fence as us. So I'll start with my Fairway or Four this week. Um, so, you know, I'm a pretty safe driver in general, um, and oh gosh, I'm a pretty slow go. driver. We've talked about this other than parking lots. Yep, one of our greatest clips. Um, but I think people that drive the shittiest cars are the shittiest drivers. Like, I never get passed on the left or weaved through I-25 by a fucking Tesla. It's always somebody with a Nissan Sentra with three hubcaps and two taillights out that's fucking blazing through I-25. Is that not correct? Well, they... It makes sense because they have the least to lose. Like, they don't... <laughs> I, I hate to say it like that, but they they don't give a fuck about their $3,000 car and they clearly don't care about themselves. So they, they have the least amount to lose and that's why they're the craziest on the road because they're, they're not filing an insurance claim. If you know, they get in an accident, like it's just game over for them. So no, I, that's definitely fairway. Um, and I, yeah, it's a little out of pocket. Yeah. That's, that's straight down the middle there. Uh, but yeah, generally people, with the worst but then also on the other side of that it pisses me off when i see somebody in like a porsche gt3 rs that's doing like five under in the slow lane i'm like what the fuck are you doing over there like if i was driving that and i wouldn't be driving like a complete asshole but i would definitely there's a reason you get that kind of car like you put that nissan driver in that porsche the world's ending like they're they're causing an 80 car accident on the highway. They just do not give a fuck, but it's, it's more of a mentality thing. It's, I would say wealthier people are generally more cautious and, uh, you know, I hate to stereotype, but you know, when you have less to lose, you don't give a shit. You know, that, what is that old saying? It's like freedom is just another word for nothing left to lose. So that's, that's pretty deep, but, uh, that's what those people in that Nissan center are feeling on the highway. Yeah, it's fucking um, crazy. Okay, uh, my fairway or four this week, and I've been going through it. Um, I, you know, I my only real interaction with human life outside of this podcast is going to the gym because I work from home and I'm mostly just at home in my uh, fucking sleeping pajama pants all day and t-shirt. So I don't leave that often. I do go to the gym every day though. So credit to me. Uh, that's been, uh, you know, probably the last couple months. So I've been getting better about it. Um, but just the amount of out of pocket shit you see at the gym, uh, kind of sparked this one for me. So I see this dude pretty regularly on the stair stepper and 
he's doing it barefoot. Um, he in his shoes and socks are sitting like next to the the stair stepper, and he's just barefoot on this piece of equipment, um, which I don't necessarily have a problem with for the the purpose of the equipment. It's for the problem of your feet smelling like shit, and you're in a public gym with other people, and just like people that pop off their shoes at at on airplanes, like so basically is taking your shoes off in public, just out of pocket pre-crime behavior because oh, oh yeah, I'm yeah. Like who the fuck in their right mind takes their shoes off at the gym. One other real quick story. I got to tell you about the gym. There's this old dude that looks like Kermit the frog. He's probably like 80 and he bugs the shit out of me. Cause I go, I get in the hot tub after uh, my workout The I do the executive workout, you know, cardio for a half hour, hit the hot tub, hit the sauna. Uh, I do a little bit of lifting in there, uh, you know, core workout bullshit. But this dude is sitting on the edge of the hot tub at Lifetime Fitness doing a full core workout, like working out on the ledge of the hot tub. And I'm like, you know, there's a whole fucking gym like right above us. That's that's what this place is called. Lifetime Fitness not lifetime hot tub that you work out at like that dude bugs the any he, he like constantly he's like rolling his neck around he's like fucking doing these core workouts and like i'm like dude what are you doing and it just bugged and he's got his fucking feet up on the wall i'm like you're just weird as fuck man i <laughs> old people just don't give a shit that could be another fair way or four is do old people care <laughs> the answer would be no yeah. They just do not give a single fuck. Nope. Uh, but yeah, anybody that takes their shoes off in public can go shit in their hand. Yeah, the only people that should have their shoes off in public are fucking babies. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's what I have to say about that. That is your kid over 36 months old. He should have some fucking shoes on then. Exactly. Fucking cover those stinky fuckers up. Um, all right, let's get out of here. Thank you guys all for tuning into this week of Big Drive Energy. We're going to send it off this week with a picture of Mitchell and Lexi Thompson. Um, so make sure, oh, look at that. Beauty. Beauty. Got the I gold peaked. sunglasses, the pink polo shirt. Man, we were so fucking cool. I was so hot. <laughs> God I damn, what so happened? so hot. Love that. All right, <laughs> we, uh, we will be back on Monday. Make sure to check us out on all the socials, Instagram at Big Drive Energy Pod, TikTok and Twitter at Big Drive Energy. We appreciate you all tuning in. Um, real quick, Daniel's one more last comment. My gym got sauna built in and old heads are going butt naked to showers and sauna, which is fucking insane, bro. Yes, it is. Yeah, they're fucking old men don't care. That dick is slanging. They're like a fucking... They just, yeah, they don't give a shit. Old people do not care and that's that's the end of this. That's their the dick. End their dick Basically. looks like a button on a peacoat and they're just swinging it around the fucking locker room in the middle of for everyone to see exactly all right that'll do it for us this week enjoy your weekend enjoy the conference championships if you're a football fan farmers insurance open tory pines we've currently got the leader we've currently got the leader so we'll go off on that have a great weekend peace 